community sounds like. Stay open. friends and fellow craft beer drinkers, welcome to Tap the Craft Podcast. My name is Denny Luce, and with me, as always, is the homebrew engineer himself, John Ream. John, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing all right. We're getting Christmas, you know, it's up and going in our house this weekend. So uh, the tree's up, it's uh, partially decorated with the help of uh, two little minions. Oh, nice. Um, but uh, Charlie was my, my little helper today, and... Uh, he likes to, you know, confirm that he's got it's a good plan, you know. So <laughs> I was giving him a thumbs up to say like, okay, and then I figured out he doesn't understand how to do that with his hand yet to just stick his thumb up from his fist. So and then later, instead of saying, "Is that a good plan?" he would just shove his fist up at me. <laughs> and so I think now our new family thing when we want agreement is we're just gonna, you know angrily gesture with our fist and that's just gonna be like okay yeah we're good all right all right yeah he he would do well in new york or in any big city that uh, uh that uses a fist gesture uh, quite often so good yeah yeah we're ready for the big city yeah excellent <laughs> excellent well was, uh, i always like to talk a little weather before i mean winter's finally here i think we're starting to get cold weather in the boise area maybe even some snow tonight how about you john you got any snow falling in your area no we're also in the maybe snow tonight category um but we still haven't even had a frost yet oh. um here so we might at least get our first frost even if we don't get snow okay um, but if we get some it's not going to stick because it's been raining you know yeah all day but yeah, well, that's what I, it's been raining here all day, also, and I'm afraid that we will we're gonna get the get the frozen water uh, when it gets to freezing, and then we'll have snow on top. So it might be a real fun drive to work tomorrow for me. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but all right. Well, hey, before we get too far into the show, uh, in case we have any new listeners out there, I just want to explain what Tap the Craft podcast is all about. We are an educational podcast, and we are focused around celebrating all things craft beer and helping people along in their craft beer journey. And, of course, you are listening to episode 62, and we are recording on Sunday, December 4th, 2016. And in this week's show, we are going to discuss winter seasonal beer style guidelines. In fact, this whole show is going to be based off of winter beers, which is great because we just told you it's cold, starting to snow. We need to warm our bodies up, so why not drink some great winter warmers? And we're going to talk about the style guidelines uh, of that, uh, that of these beers. Of course, we also have our full sale brewing Wassail winter warmer tasting segment. So go out there and grab a six pack of this beer, taste along with us. Let us know how you like the beer. And we have an article discussing some beers to help keep you warm during the winter hours. And, of course, you can count on John and I having our normal banter between each other, all about, you know, good jests about craft beer. But before we get to that meaty show content, let's talk about what is in our glasses tonight. So, John, 
what is in your glass? So I am uh, going full wassail tonight. Okay. So I'm starting with one now, then I'll have some more later. All right. So you're getting a head start on the tasting. So you'll be, by the time we get to the tasting segment, I am going to expect just the best tasting notes possible from you. Yeah. Yeah. Overall, <laughs> just have blasted my you know, palate to that point. And I'm just like, yeah, there's some beer in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, the advent calendar is in full swing, and I was under you know no beer buying rules leading up to that. So I don't have much in my fridge that I is light enough that I can okay. Know, okay. go into. And uh, had the six pack. I said, why not? I'll do this. Yeah. No. Hey, you're gonna probably enjoy at least three of these suckers tonight. You know, two before we get to the the tasting, I'm sure, because they go down pretty pretty nice. Yeah, this one's going down pretty quick. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I, I know exactly what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, yeah. So what are you drinking? Well, I am drinking not quite a winter warmer, but it is a beer that comes out at this time of the year, at least it, it did last year. And it's from Oscar Blues, and it's Death by Coconut Irish Porter. And I had this last year, and I kind of enjoy, you know, I enjoyed it, but it wasn't, it didn't really wow me that much. It was like, oh, that's yeah, okay. Um, and this year, I think I'm really enjoying this beer much, much more. I don't know if they changed up a little bit of their malt bill or something, but it seems to be a, a little bit more uh, f- fuller bodied. Uh, it has a great co- uh, chocolate and coconut flavor to it. Uh, it's a little bit. A little bit on a sweeter side, but not too sweet. Kind of a dessert beer. I know that Jason Lacey uh, from the Flux Opposed in the Battle of Beer, he was on Twitter. He was asking us because they just did a segment on their Battle of Beer. It was dessert beers, and it was a pretty good uh, episode. I recommend everyone go out to YouTube, search for Battle of the Beer, and and check out that dessert beer video. It was really done really well. But they asked us on asked people on Twitter, hey, what is your favorite dessert beer? And that's a hard one for me because I don't typically drink dessert beers because I don't like things that are too sweet or too, you know, too too heavy and, you know, syrupy. But maybe I can put this one, you know, on my dessert beer list of beers that I enjoy. Now, John, you've had this beer before, right? Yeah. Yeah. Chris and I both like this one. So. Oh, good. It's uh, very tasty. Yeah. Have, have you had a chance to taste this year's version? No, I haven't seen it, um, but I, I also haven't been in the store since they're not allowed, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Um, I may have missed it here. Okay. Um, maybe she sure. has Maybe she has a two-can stack uh, in one of your Advent slots. You guys can each yeah, share Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Although I wouldn't have put it past her, that one that she just came home for herself and said, nope, this one's mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they, they are a little pricey. For a four-pack, it's 11 bucks for four four pack of, of this 12 ounce canned beer so they're a little bit pricey and but it's you know it's worth you know i'll probably only buy one four pack and in fact i bought one single this year to try it out last week i think i had it and then i went and had sarah pick me up a four pack the other day i thought it was a six pack but she came back with four and said nope four and she she told me on the phone when she found it she said oh yeah it's you know a six pack for nine bucks i'm like okay that's that's reasonable and then she gets home i see it's a four pack and i'm like okay well four a four pack for nine bucks not that bad and then i i, I look at the receipt and see that it was 12 bucks <laughs> for four beers i'm like 
Okay, I think maybe we'll just have this one fourth pack, and that's all we're going to do. Yeah, so she went in the wrong direction in in both. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I I got gypped two beers, and I paid a hefty price. So so just be be, be warned. Maybe just pick up, you know, listeners out there that want to try, go ahead and pick up a can at least. You know, you'll pay three or four dollars for the can, but it's worth trying. I think so. Yeah, definitely. All right, John. So tell me you did something fun beer-related since our last recording. I did something fun beer-related since our last recording. Okay. Um, so there are a ton of like winter bottle releases, mostly barrel-aged stuff going on. Um, Fremont's done their B-Bomb, their barrel-aged Dark Star. Uh, Rubens has done their bourbon barrel Imperial Stout. Um, you know, it just seems like every week there's one or two notices going out like, hey, this Saturday, you know, come down, we're going to tap it and sell the bottles. Uh, <clears throat> and I have not been able to go to any of these. Um, but uh, yesterday I was able to go up to Rubens because they were doing a release of their breakfast stout and oh. barrel-aged versions of that, um, which I'd never had before. Okay. Um, so I went up and... Uh, Met Rob and Amanda up there, and uh, we had some good beers. So, um, breakfast stout is made with uh, coffee, um, as most would probably <laughs> expect. Um, but it's a local roaster, uh, Kuma. Okay. Um, and so they were they were giving uh, coffee samples to people in the line uh, that were waiting to get their bottles. And uh, they were also selling um, packs of the coffee uh, if you wanted. Um, but uh, that, that was kind of a neat neat touch. But uh, the beer itself, um, the coffee actually brings out quite a bit of chocolate mm. um, in it, which is very nice. And uh, I had this, just a standard breakfast, and they had it on cask. And... Man, the the cask version was just exploding with flavor in a way that the the normal one wasn't quite. I mean, it was still really flavorful, um, but the cask one kind of took it to a new level, which was interesting huh. uh, to me. Um, and I I don't think they you know put anything in the cask other than the beer. I didn't see it on the board, um, but uh, yeah, it, it was really nice, and I. Um, Picked up a bottle of that, uh, the the standard breakfast stout, and then they also had their barrel aged uh, breakfast stout, um, uh, which kind of had a nice mix of uh, chocolate and the vanilla kind of characters from from the barrel uh, came together really well. And then additionally, they'd had their uh, like select single barrel. Um, version of the breakfast stout. And they did this last year with their uh, bourbon barrel imperial stout. They had, you know, the single barrel version of it. Um, And this version was actually a little boozier um, than the, like, standard blended barrel aged version. Okay. Um, Not in a way that really took away from it, um, but it was noticeable. Um, but I, I did pick up a couple bottles of that. So I'll be interested to see how that kind of ages out. Uh-huh. Um, although with it being a coffee beer, it's kind of a double edged sword cause, uh, any kind of 
coffee-specific character uh, will likely drop out. Yeah. But uh, it'll be interesting. But I ended up giving all these 4.5s, but as I was like reminiscing about the beers later, I might actually rate the standard breakfast out a 5. Oh, wow. Ahead of the barrel-aged versions. Okay. Um, and... You know, that's not something that you normally do. Yeah. You know, normally once it's thrown in that barrel, it it goes up in rating and it, you know, it just your overall impression of it changes. But uh, I don't know. I just, I really liked it. And I'm, I'm curious what my impression is once I crack the bottle and if it's any different from being on draft. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah. It was very enjoyable, although we had to sit outside in the cold. Um, <laughs> so, but thankfully, they had uh, some tents up over the patio area, so okay. we weren't getting wet. But it was pretty windy. So. Okay, so so these samples that you had were they full pint or you know big big glasses or were they like sample size glasses? Um, so they were like the barrel aid stuff. The largest pour you could get was six ounces. Okay, um, but they only charged you like a, they charge you a lower price than their standard yeah like six or five whatever theirs is it was four dollars instead um for that pour um but uh then i had two uh like four ounce pours of the um standard breakfast and the cask um, for those. Okay. So. Okay. So basically, you had, uh, you know, one full pint of, of beer, basically, because you, did you, because you had four. Oh wait, no, you had six ounces. Oh, so you had twelve, and then you had two four ounce. So well, I, I had a couple other things too while I was oh, there. Of course, you have to. <laughs> but, of course. Uh, yeah, like the holiday version of their goes. Um, that's. With cranberries and something else. Oh, it was really good. That sounds uh, good. Yeah, Berliner Weiss. That was really tropical. And then a version, their, their version of like a New England IPA. Okay. Um, so it was juicy. Which was actually, it, was, it was very juicy. <laughs> uh, they were not nitro. Um, but it was really good too. So, yeah, overall a very solid day at Rubens. I had... Well, which is pretty much every time I go to Rubens. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Never disappointed. Never disappointed. Yeah. yeah. So I know you had some fun uh, since we last recorded. Um, so why don't you tell us about your uh, festival? Okay, I will. First, I have to just uh, work into the story here. So, you know, I, I drank, uh, I, had, I had a friend over for Thanksgiving, and he brought some great beers, and we shared you know, his beers, we shared some of my beers and we, you know, we got, I don't know. He, he was kind of light on the, he, he wasn't drinking very much. Cause I think he had another place he was going after, after my place. But, uh, I drank a lot. In fact, I drank, I, I kept drinking until about seven o'clock. You know, I started early Thanksgiving, you know, you're cooking, you're watching football, you start early. And I stopped at 7 PM realizing that I better stop. I, I, I became self-aware that I had drank too much. 
So I said, if I want to be able to go out to, on Black Friday and enjoy my Black Friday beer thing, I better stop and start drinking water. So I did, and I woke, woke up next morning, no problem. But I definitely drank a lot of big beers on Thursday. Well, at least you could recognize that because yeah. you could have been in a world of hurt otherwise. Yeah, for so. sure, for sure. So Friday comes along, and you know I've been just waiting. Can't wait for this pay at Black Friday dark beer festival and we showed up there right when it opened at one o'clock it was already really pretty pretty busy for in fact more it was more busy this year early on than it was last year when we went but at when we first walked into the facility it was like it was packed and i'm like oh no this is going to be bad because it's a small place but what they did is the tasting room was where you know we kind of entered in but you they had every you know the most of the beer tasting stuff they had you can get all the some of their beers at the normal task but they had them all uh, in the brewery and they had it around their uh, bright tanks in the in the back and they had two two different rows of tables that had about 30 beers 30 or more beers there and then they had these bays where they have room for additional fermenters that aren't full yet they had those set aside with some tables and and some food and stuff done really well i mean there was space for everyone to grab a table to grab some you know just hang out and try your beers we had eight people in my group showed up and we had a table and we just kind of hung out in this back little uh you know area and i'll tell you what uh we didn't wait at all for i mean i waited at the most one minute for to get a beer i mean it was really done really well i mean really really well so opposite of the pumpkin beer fest. Issue. Yes, yes. Now, now I'll, I'll tell you, it, it didn't have as many people as the pumpkin beer fest, but for <laughs> this festival in a small area, done really, really well. I was very, very impressed with the setup, and I was impressed with the beers that they had. And I bought two, two uh, six ounce, uh, no, six ticket packages, and uh, my son couldn't. Sh- couldn't show up so my buddy sean came and i went ahead and just gave him one of my six but then he reciprocated by buying me six more uh drink tokens so i had 12 tokens plus i got a couple more tokens from a friend that when he was leaving uh he just gave me his tokens so i had about i think 14 or 15 uh samples and these are five ounce pours and they filled these things up to the brim every time which was nice and they didn't shortchange us and I, i'll tell you that I, all the beers were great i mean really really good but let me just talk about the three that i i think were my favorite of the of the show and they're not all now it's all dark beers but they're but they had dark sours they had two dark sours there that were really good they had uh, I, black IPA, Imperial Black IPA, that was really good. They had some, some you know, some other dark beers that so they weren't all Imperial styles, but most of them were. In fact, the list of beers, I think the the, the smallest ABV. There was one beer that was six point two percent. That was the Three Creeks Five Pine whiskey aged chocolate porter. This is the whiskey aged version. I think you've had that Five Pine before, right, John? From yeah, the standard one. Yeah. yeah. But that was the lowest one at 6.2. Then the next one was 8. And I mean, the next, so one at 6.2, and then everything else was 8 and above. And most of them were 12. I think the biggest beer was 
13.6 and that one was way too boozy for me i i had it and it was okay but it was really boozy i mean I, it kind of went overboard with the with the barrel aging but let me get on to the ones that i really enjoyed the the one uh, that I think for me was the best of the show was the was actually a rogue beer, and I don't drink a lot of rogue. I used to drink a lot of rogue back in the early days, but you know, since the 2000s, you know, around 2002, 2004, rogue started charging premium prices for their beer, and I kind of just got pissed that you know I don't want to go and pay 14 bucks for a six pack. And, and so I stopped drinking their beer because I thought that they were just gouging us. And now they've they've come back and they've kind of lowered their prices because I, now the craft beer is boom. They can't you know they can't be offering their beer for a premium price when there's other beers that are you know four dollars or more or less. So they're, I'm Tell glad the Ballast Point. Well, yeah, but Ballast <laughs> Point here is not as expensive as it is in Seattle and San Diego. I mean, Ballast Point here is an, it's normally it's like a you know it's a ten dollar six pack, but I hear it's you know twelve, twelve dollars plus in in San Diego, and that's ridiculous. You're so yeah, but I didn't mean to get yeah, off anyway. this. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> let's go. So it's it's Rogues Rolling Thunder Imperial Stout, eleven point eight percent. This bad boy was, and I'll tell you what, it was fan fantastic. It tasted like a combination of chocolate and caramel, like a dark chocolate wrapped, you know caramel uh treat like a candy and uh it was really good i mean it just it it hit everything that i enjoy i mean the 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 caramel was something different right it's just a little bit different than i'm used to but it it went well it was like you know eating a dark chocolate caramel maybe even maybe not even caramel maybe it was more like a toffee like a dark chocolate toffee uh candy but that, that was my favorite i think uh, have you had the Rolling Thunder no, Imperial Style? No. Okay, so check that one out. I, I Rogue can be found in you know most you know a lot of states, so I think everyone might have a chance to to pick that up. I'm I'm looking for a a bottle of it, a 22 ounce bottle. So I want to if I can find one, I want to buy one and just get the bottle. But I I had actually two two pours of that beer. Uh, that's I liked it so much I went and got a second glass. So <laughs> wow. that, that tells you that that one was a, a tasty one. And then the next one was a Payette Brewing beer, and it's part of their 12-gauge. So 12-gauge is their Imperial Stout. That's their base beer. And then they, they go ahead and they, they'll they change things up, and you know they have a Mexican version, which has like a, a cinnamon and, and chili and uh, cocoa blend. And they have... Uh, uh, some barrel aged ones and and such, but this one was called the Cafe Mule Coffee Barrel Aged 12 Gauge Imperial Stout, rocking it at 10%. It's the standard. That's what the 10 barrels is at is 10%. Even with the barrel aged, it really didn't add any any extra percentage. But done really well. The coffee flavor in this beer was fantastic. Didn't add any bittering to it. Maybe. You know, blending in with the barrel-aged, uh, you know, maybe that helped mellow it out. But, man, this this beer was fantastic. I just loved it. Anyone who likes coffee stouts would fall in love with this beer. So the, that that was my, my second favorite of the night. And and what Cafe Mule is is that there's a little side note here. There's a, there's a guy, and he has a mule. 
and he loads his pack mule up with coffee stuff and climbs the hills of the Boise foothills, and he waits for people to go, that are doing their little jogs and their hikes in the in the foothills, and he's there to sell coffee to you out in the middle of the woods, you know, in the, in the hills. And so he's called the Cafe Mule. So that's where that whole Cafe Mule and, and a couple breweries, Payette and Boise Brewing, both did a beer, a coffee beer that's named after the Cafe Mule. So you'll see that there's a, a Boise Brewing one also. So that's just a little bit of a, a little trivia there for everyone out there. Uh, great beer. And if you can find that one, I recommend grabbing it. So Payette's coming to your area, John. So you should look for these Payette twelve gauge beers and, and the Cafe Mule. If, if it does come, I you have to get that. I, I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah, I don't think I've seen twelve gauge here at all. Um, we don't seem to get the anything outside the standard lineup. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, at least. Okay. So all right. Or it's here and fast, or here and gone real fast. You know. I don't yeah. Know. Yeah. Yeah. It could be, but they may be. They're still ramping up their new brewery i mean it's in full production now but they're uh in fact i, I gotta get on a side tangent real quick last night we went to uh, some my daughter's best friend's parents came came to boise we went and and uh, visited a few breweries and we stopped last place we stopped was payette and uh, we got a private tour from a guy i'm going to shout out at the end of the show in my in my uh, toast my segment but uh, he did a fantastic job of explaining their brew system. The brew system is a little different than I've seen before. It's actually a – well, you probably know about this, John, but it was a five-stage brew system where you have the – you know, you have uh, the the uh, grains come in and then they go into the grain whatever thing. It goes into the – what I thought was the mash tun. Then it goes from there into the lauder tun. Then it goes from there into the cooker – and then into the, the whirlpool, whirlpool vessel. After, yeah, yeah, and I, that's the first time I'd seen that many steps in the process, which I thought was kind of cool. And he explained everything, and you know, have their yeah. That's it's all about being able to do multiple beers. So the more you add in there, um, you can start doing more things in parallel. Ah, you you know you you mash it, then you move it to the louder while you're going in there you clean out the grain beds you can start the next beer in there you mm-hmm. louder it out into the um boil kettle you don't you finish boiling it you push it over the whirlpool and once that's empty you can pull in your next one so it's it lets you do a whole bunch of stuff in yeah all together yeah so it's kind of cool it's kind of cool and if you come you know if you come uh visit me and, and we visit payette we'll have to see if we can get a, a private tour and check it out. It's a really good little system. I, I liked it. But they have six 240-barrel fermenters. And they fill those things up every... I mean, they fill... So they do... And their brew brew system is 40-barrel, I believe. I think they said it was 40-barrel. I might be wrong. But I think he said 40. Yeah. So they, they brew, you know, six uh, batches to fill up one of those fermenters. So it's... And they have six of them. So they, they're brewing pretty much nonstop it seems like but so maybe once they start filling in some more of those fermenter you know they start filling in the bays they i think it can go up to a hundred right now they're at forty thousand barrels in that in that brew house and i think they can go up to a hundred thousand is what they planted it's a he told me it was a three currently it's a three million dollar facility and it 
by the time they're done, it'll be a five or six million dollar facility. So, a lot wow. of money, a lot of money. Yeah, they, yeah, they mean business. Okay, so, sorry, a little side tangent, but hey, that's just kind of a cool thing that that uh, I enjoyed. And the last one I'm going to talk about is a beer that came from your neck of the woods, from Georgetown Brewing, and everyone knows Georgetown makes award-winning, fantastic beers. And this beer it was my favorite non-stout beer. And this is a black IPA that is a black IPA for me. Uh, I really, really enjoyed this beer. It was a Hanson Brothers Imperial Black IPA, uh, 8.6% alcohol. So it's not, uh, you know, it's just decent. But have you had the Hanson Brothers Black IPA Imperial? No. Yeah, I saw this in your list. I was like, I need to go find that. Oh, okay. Go go to the brewery. It's right down the street from your house. So just go down there. <laughs> yeah, it's right next door. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, go get it on, you know, go go try it out. It is fantastic. I really enjoyed uh, this. Now, you, you may say it's it's closer to an American stout. It's not. It's, it's an American stout with a... With an IPA bitterness to it, with IPA hops and stuff. So, so. so I may say it's close to that, but it's not because it is that, but this. Yeah, yeah, but it's a, a fantastic beer, and I think it's close enough to the IPA with the roasted, you know, it's roasted malt flavor, but it, it's still an IPA. So you won't mistake it for anything but an IPA. So it's, I was joking around about the American style, but it's a, it's a, it's a damn good black IPA, imperial well, black IPA. I'll have to go see if I can get my hands on it because I actually uh, went and filled up some growlers there for Thanksgiving um, to go along with what I had for homebrew. Um, and they gave me loner growlers rather than filling what I had because uh, they had them pre-filled, you know, oh, from the back. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, take those back, maybe fill one up with this if they've got it. Yeah. Yeah. So. You should at least get it, maybe do a, get a little taste, make sure it's, you know, up to par, but I really liked it, and I, I could have drank that beer all night. It was really good. I'm not gonna get a taste. Your reputation's on the line. <laughs> I want to give you an out. <laughs> so, and like you, John, I rated all three of those beers 4.5 stars. Now, could some of those be fives? Yes, but because I already did my list, I didn't want to have to <laughs> throw in some more beers to to jack up this... my list. <laughs> This is uh, just more more times you've awarded uh, some brewery out of their five because you're you're lazy. So. Uh, I can always I can always raise it in the future, so it's you know yeah. I, I might do that. <laughs> All right, so you know I we just got done talking about a bunch of beer, but guess what, John? Now it's time to talk about the noteworthy beers that aren't involved in some kind of beer outing, just things that we drink over the last two weeks that we want to share with our listeners. So, John, what noteworthy beers do you want to share? Yeah, so I'm going to mention an IPA, and then uh, we've been digging into the cellar. So I'll get into some of that. Mm. Um, but the uh, the IPA is the from Hop Valley, uh, proud Miller Coors company. <laughs> um, it's their uh, Macho Libre uh, IPA. I don't know if you've gotten your hands on this one. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't think I have. Is it, it? It's an IPA, you said. Yeah, yeah, but uh, it this thing is chock full of citrus mm. uh, and just like bursting at the seams with it. It's really nice. Um, and uh, I wasn't. Uh, I don't know. I guess, uh, I guess I shouldn't say I wasn't like expecting a good beer because they do 
good IPAs. I mean, they've, they come by their name, honestly. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it, for some reason I was somewhat surprised about this beer and, uh, but I really enjoyed it. The, the citrus just kind of jumps out at you, um, hmm. all throughout and like the, the bitterness doesn't kind of get in the way or anything like that. So, um, but very nice. So if you can pick it up and I'd, I'd recommend snagging one at least to, to try out cause that was, uh, very tasty. Okay, so it, w- did you have it on draft or did you have it in a bottle? No, I picked up uh, a bottle of it. Okay, um, so I had a a bomber, I think, from the from the grocery. So, okay. Um, yeah. So now, now for the uh, the big stuff. Um, yeah. So I mean, we talked about the weather. Uh, we haven't had snow or anything, but it's still been like low forties and cold and wet all the time. So, uh, at the end of the day, it's kind of nice to, you know, crack open something big and, oh, yeah. and just enjoy. And it's good Lego building beer <laughs> things from the cellar. Um, so the first one I'll mention is actually been sitting in there since 2013. And that is the Firestone Walker, uh, Sukaba. Mm-hmm. Um, which is their barrel aged barley wine. Uh, and oh my gosh, this thing held up beautifully. Mm. Um, I think it, it could have stayed in there. No, no trouble. Um, and I, I could have talked about it even later. Uh, but it's just, it was super smooth. Um, just really nice, um, like barrel character in the nose, um, some vanilla and sherry in there. Uh, just, it was beautiful. And I'm kind of kicking myself because I haven't bought this over the last like couple years. Um, cause it, it, it's a pricey yeah. bottle, you yeah. know, and this time of year you gotta, you gotta pick, yeah. you know, pick what you're going to spend your money on. And, uh, <laughs> I'm feeling like I should have picked my, <laughs> to spend my money on this, uh, you know, even just to lay down for a while cause it's, uh, really good. But, um, yeah, so if you happen to have a 2013 version of uh, Sukaba in your fridge, um, it's pouring nice right now. <laughs> I'm sure that applies to a whole bunch of people. Um, but, you know, it, it just goes to show that if you take care of the of the things you're you're holding on to, you know, it'll it'll treat you well. Yeah. Um, you know, assuming it's well made, which from from Firestone Walker, you can expect that. Um all right, and then the the last one I'll I'll mention. Uh this one really took me by surprise. Uh and this is the Sierra Nevada um barrel aged Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. Um and this is from twenty fifteen. And you know, Bigfoot is known for being a very hop forward barley wine. Um but I did not expect to have a barrel aged version of it that was released in 2015 still carry through that hop character and bitterness. Mm. Um, because he, you know, you can assume that this was sitting in a barrel for, you know, six to 12 months before it was bottled up and, and sent out. So you, know, you can tack on some additional time on top of what it's been in my possession for. Mm-hmm. Um, and man, I mean, this thing was just still, uh, popping like you would expect a a Bigfoot to do with the hops. (laughs) 
I mean, I I was completely shocked, uh, but it was very good. Um, oh, okay. And the you know the the bitterness doesn't get in the way, uh, you know, because I think a lot of times you get the barrel age, you kind of expect something more smooth. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was still very pleasant, um, and uh, a nice, nice uh, boozy, um, you know, barrel nose. Um, I think this one's done actually in whiskey barrels, not uh, bourbon barrels. Okay, uh, good. I but, like whiskeys. Uh, but yeah, um, and I think you said you had one of these. I don't know if you ended up breaking into it or not. No, I have the same beer, and I was going to break into because, like you, John, I have also. I've, I think I drank three or four barley wines since our last recording. I, I, I had, I, I think I said I had seven uh, barley wines that are in my cellar. No, I had nine uh, barley wines in my cellar. So I needed. I started drinking them. And this is one that I was going to pop open. I said, okay, it's a year old. I thought it, you know, I, I figured it was already aged for a year. So it's two years, should be about right. But then after I saw you check into it, I, and and you say that the bitterness was, or the, you know, it's still the hops are still present. And I, I was assuming the bitterness was going to be a little bit harsh. I, I said, well, maybe I'll hold off for another, you know, few months or a year if it's, but if you're saying it's still great, even with a little bit extra bitterness, then maybe I will pop this open during our Christmas time, or maybe even before Christmas. Uh, you you think I should drink it now, or you think I should hold on to it a little longer? Well, I, I enjoyed it now. You know, you you never know if if you wait and that drops out, whether it's going to be, you know, what you yeah what you enjoy. Your, I mean, yeah. it, it's unpredictable. Um, but I, I mean, I can say I gave it four and a quarter, so that's a seven on your scale. Um, <laughs> so I think that you'll. You'll enjoy it a lot. Okay, that's you know what. With, with that being said, yeah, I need to pop that open then. So I'll I'll definitely look into drinking that in the next, maybe before the. Well, you know what, I don't want to drink it before our our next uh, uh, recording because I don't want to have to you know rate it lower, yeah. just so I don't have to put it on the list. Yeah, you have to carefully drink beers that you know are decent but not tremendous, so that you don't have to uh, redo your list. See, this is why procrastinating is good, and I I yeah. haven't done anything for my list yet. Okay, okay. Um, but you know, cracking into the cellar has also been a byproduct of my uh, beer ban uh, that I've mentioned before. Oh yeah, so, true. You know, true. like well, I I got to try to get some check-ins somewhere. So uh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, so what have you been doing to to get some check-ins? Okay, so I um I I've been breaking into my cellar beers and uh none of them well, one of them is on the list, but it's not that that we'll talk about later, but these are beers that I had picked up that I've been wanting to try. In fact, I was wanting to uh drink them with uh, some of my beers I picked up with with my buddy Alex, but then I realized on Thanksgiving Day as I had bought a few uh, sour beers, I, I, real, I remembered that he doesn't like sour beer, so we didn't drink those. So I still have those to drink. And I've been drinking a few of them. And one of them that uh, I had that I was going to drink with Alex, but, you know, we, we didn't get to it because it was, uh, you know, we already had enough stuff to drink, was from Heretic Brewing. You know how I love Heretic brews. Uh, this one, and I've had this beer before, I think. It's called the Worry. And it's the uh, Belgian triple. It's aged in wine barrels, and it's a uh, 10.8% uh, beer. 
and it's a Belgian triple that uh, it's it's very different than I was expecting because the wine barrel character, the wine characters really almost adds like a sourness to it. So it's like a triple tart, maybe. I won't say sour, but a little tart. And that wine character kind of, and I don't know what, I mean, you probably know the, the official term for that wine acid or whatever. I don't want to say acid, but you know that wine character is kind of, is there a uh, name I mean, for it? It can come through in a bunch of different ways. Oh, okay. But, uh, I mean, it does, there is a an acidity that, you know, is, is kind of reminiscent of wine. So yeah. I mean, if, if the acid is what you're attri- attributing that character to, I mean, that, I yeah. think that's understandable. I mean, that's not a bad descriptor. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's kind of the acid, the wine, and a little bit of acid. Now, when I say that, don't get me wrong. Because I did go against my better judgment and gave this a five so that I have to think about putting it on my list now. Uh, this beer was fantastic. Uh, it actually, that triple, the characters of the triple went very well with the wine character. And and, and even a little bit of uh, acidity, acid, acidity. acidity um, didn't take away from my enjoyment of this. Uh, fantastic beer. A little pricey. Uh, I th- you know, I think this is like it's one of those smaller, like ten point eight ounce bottles, or maybe it was like, or eleven ounce bottles, whatever those little littler bottles. But uh, it was really, really good and worth the the ten bucks I paid for it. Uh, so yeah, worry. So go go try it if you like Belgian triples in a wine barrel barrel character at ten point eight percent. Now the other one I bought again. I bought this beer for Thanksgiving, but I drank it. The day after, well, I actually drank it on Saturday. Um, and this is Breakside Brewing out of Portland, Oregon. And it's their La Tormenta Dry Hop Sour Ale, 7%. And I'll tell you what, this sour with the dry hopped flavor and aroma, incredible. I, I, I loved this beer. And uh, I gave it four and a half caps. That's how much I loved it. It was really good. Have you had this beer, John? No, I uh, was just thinking that I, I didn't know Breakside had was doing sours. I didn't know they had a sour program. So yeah, well, it's this one is good. Now it might be, you know, most likely it's kettle soured. But you know what? I'm not a sour snob. If the sour tastes good, then I'm going to drink it. I don't care how it was cooked or how it was soured. Right? I'm okay with kettle soured. It, it most likely is kettle soured because that, you're right. I don't think they necessarily have a whole souring. Uh, system or whatever, but it's it's great, and I shared it with my buddy Sean, and I didn't talk about the fact that I, I said Thursday I drank a lot, Friday I drank a lot, and guess what? We carried on in Saturday, and we watched football, and uh, you know all all day and night, and drank a lot of beers, and I think the lowest this is the lowest beer we drank at seven percent. Uh, all the other ones were we you know we had. Uh, uh, I brought an Abyss, 2014 Abyss. No, yeah, Abyss. We drank that, and that's like 11 point something percent. Uh, Sean got a half growler of Goose Island Bourbon County Stout, this year's version, and we drank that, and we drank a couple other things. And So we had we, we drank quite a bit that night. Uh, we drank so much that, that last Sunday I decided I wasn't going to drink anything because I needed to kind of 
you know, get ready for work because if I would have drank Sunday, I probably would have overdone it again. So I had to just go cold turkey. Yeah, sick day on Monday then. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would have. So, uh, but yeah, that La Tormenta dry hopped sour, fantastic. I recommend it. And then the next one is a beer that my buddy Alex brought to Thanksgiving dinner, and again, I don't think he realized that it was gonna come across. Now it's not a, it's it's got bread in it, so it's got the funk, but it also kind of had a little bit of tartness to it. And I don't know where the if the oh you know why because you know what the same thing is wine barrel so this is a Fremont the Lamb wine barrel aged Brett saison six point five percent and I I think it was the fact that it was the wine barrel the same type of acidity that uh, I was talking about in the the other wine barrel from uh, Heretic the same thing with the Lamb uh, I I really like this beer a lot. Uh, and I enjoyed the Brett. I love Brett Saisons, so I enjoyed having that Brett character with the Saison flavors. And, of course, the wine, it, it added that, that bit of acidity that you get from the wine. And that's, what I'm gonna, I, that's all I can say is that it's like an, an acid that you'd get like from drinking a sour. It's kind of a similar um, characteristic. But a very good beer. Now, have you had the lamb? I'm sure you have. It's a Fremont beer, so you probably nope. had it. What? No, this is one I may get my hands on. Um, this is one of those that you got to be the right place, right time uh, to pick up. Um, mm. So, uh, no, I have not. Okay. Um, okay. Well, it's something you got to try, and you should have come over for Thanksgiving. You would have had a chance to try it. Yeah. 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 And I would have had six growlers with me, but, <laughs> and and a couple bottles of my barrel aged stout. So. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I gave that a four cap rating. Um, and again, because I, again, this is the problem. I, I rate it based on the style. So it, it's not that it's a bad beer. It's just that I've had better Brett Saison's, I think. But it was good. And I think what threw it off for me is the fact that it did come across a little bit with that acid, uh, acidness that kind of, you know, set weird in, in the, you know, in my stomach, you know, kind of get, gave me a little heartburn. So that, that kind of lowered it one cap rating because of, of that. All right. So now, uh, the, one of the beers I've had cellared for a long time, John, this is a beer you gave me four years ago. And this is yep. your, your barley wine, her majesty's fusion pleasure barley wine. And, uh, I finally, Decided to crack it open again. I was drinking barley wines, and I mean, I didn't know what to expect because you had told me when we when I first got it four years ago that hey, don't drink it until I tell you it's it's it hasn't come you know it hasn't come together yet. So I was really worried it was going to be a crappy beer, and I me was too. I was completely <laughs> I was completely shocked when I, I poured this thing and I started drinking it and I was like, oh my gosh, this beer is awesome. I mean, I pulled out all the characters that you said, you know, I, I could taste the bourbon. You said it was, um, it, you know, we had, you had oak chips with uh, soaked yep. in bourbon and I could taste the oakiness, which was, which I thought was, was fantastic. The, the oak flavor that you got from those chips, uh, really, added a nice um you know characteristic to it that that i really enjoyed the 
the barley wine itself mellowed out really well. No harsh malts or hops or anything. It was really smooth, great flavors. I got characters of like, like, uh, kind of like, like, uh, I think I said green grape raisins, you know, like you have those type of, uh, green raisins. Characters, characters of that. I got the oak and I got the bourbon, the subtle bourbon flavor in there. Not too much, which I really appreciate. I don't like, a, you know, a lot of bourbon flavor. And I, it just added enough in there to give it a more complex flavor. Uh, I loved it. Every, I, every drop I enjoyed. I even uh, gave, poured a little bit for my daughter. She was, she was here. And she's never had a barley wine, or at least never had a homebrew barley wine. She... Um, she didn't not like. She didn't. She, she didn't know what to think of it. She had a hard time rating it because she just didn't know what you know. She did. She didn't know how to rate it. But I had no trouble giving this beer a five cap rating. Uh, John, well done. And I'm surprised you didn't win a gold for this one. And you just got a. Well, this one I didn't enter. So. Oh, you didn't enter this one? Oh my gosh. No. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, you should. Should have. It yeah. was good. Now, do you have any bottles of this one left? Oh, yeah. Okay. Right. So, <laughs> because it was like undrinkable um, like a year, two years after I had done it. Like I still had a ton sitting around. Okay. Um, have, so, you, yeah, have you I broke one was, open recently? Uh, not since uh, about six months ago. Okay. So so, so you had mentioned that, that you may have given me a sample of this, you know, like, earlier in the year when I visited you. So I may have already had, I just never logged it. And I think I said, I think I said it was the case. Yeah. I think it was, I think I told you it was good back then, but now that I got to enjoy a whole bottle myself, uh, it, yeah, I drank it pretty, pretty fast. Really, really good. So, um, bravo to you, man. Thank you, sir. All right, John. So you said you, you might've been slowing down, so how are we doing on our untapped challenge? Yeah, I'm going to reverse. Oh. It's not good. Um, I dropped five beers oh. uh, for you <laughs> for the last uh, um, two weeks. So um, I'm sitting at 30 behind with 27 days to go. Oh, so, okay. Okay. But I was I was excited. I'm like, all right, this going to Rubens. I'm going to pick up some last-minute check-ins and maybe catch up to at least be neutral because I, I was behind at that point and I logged the beers and I went to log my advent beer that night and I was like, dang it, Danny went to pay it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So you pretty much matched me, um, check-in for check-in, uh, unique wise because I, I think I, I ended up being at the point, same point that I had started the day at, um, that day. So you thwarted me. Um, in my attempt. Yeah, but, I, I think I drank six. I don't even know how many. I think I drank six or seven new beers yesterday from Edge Brewing and from Payette. So, yeah, I, I think I, I definitely, uh, that helped me put you put, put, put me back in the lead. Yeah, yeah. But so far, I've uh, had new check-ins on 75% of my Advent beers. So if I can keep a high percentage there you know throw in a couple other things who knows yeah let's see what can happen yeah all right all right 
Okay, well, we had a, a little bit of feedback from our listeners. Not a lot, just a little bit. Um, so a local listener here in the Boise area, Tom Byrne, he commented on Facebook, says he's putting together his top five beers of 2016 list. So I look forward to being able to to read that on the show on our next episode. And I'm just going to go ahead into the next one real quick, and then, John, you can take the last couple. But um, Jason Lacey also, he you know, he – He's from Flux Opposed Podcast and also Battle of the Beer. And he also asked when the, when the deadline for getting your top five list done in time for the episode recording. So I just want to let him know that we will be recording that episode on Sunday, December 18th. So everyone, uh, get your list in to us before December 18th. And you can either write us on our email. And, and it would be great if you listed your beers and just gave a little short description of why that beer uh is on your list you know what what makes it special and if you want to record it feel free to record it and we'll put your audio clip in the show that's even better so hey look forward to hearing what everyone's top five list is yeah and uh then we had uh tim price uh post on our facebook page that he was uh doing his first homebrew yeah. Awesome. I love seeing people uh, brewing their beer. So I think we have uh, four confirmed homebrewers now among the listeners that I know of. Yeah. So that's awesome. That is awesome. Um, yeah, he's starting off with a pale ale. So that's good. Yeah. Good, I, nice, uh, easy drinking beer to, to start out with. So Yeah, I think I think a pale ale is I, – I think if my first beer will probably be – a pale ale or a black IPA. I don't know. I haven't decided yet. <laughs> so you're going to brew an American stout. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. So we, we also had a listener question and this is uh, from our buddy Chase Langdon uh, at awakened heathen on Twitter. And uh, he and I have been chatting on the PS4. We've been playing games together and, and talking beer and talking music and a bunch of stuff. And we've been, trying to come up with he's having trouble finding a craft beer for his dad now his dad he is a miller brand beer guy only he loves miller genuine draft miller light miller you know anything miller he likes what miller does as far as the the domestic miller beers not not the you know the other breweries they bought but just the, the regular miller brands and he thought that well maybe uh he would try getting his dad some craft beers that are pilsners and his dad says nope these pilsners are too bitter for him so john do you have any suggestions for chase on uh a beer that he might be able to you know give his dad that's close to something that is in the miller you know lager range that that he won't be too too much flavor or too bitter that he might be able to get into the craft beer scene? So I actually ran into the same problem um, with my brother initially. I was trying to get him in with a, a Kolsch. Um, okay. But the Kolsch, he said, was too bitter. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's, you know, just kind of goes to show what you make yourself accustomed to. Um, you know, where I don't find a Kolsch, you know, really bitter at all. Um, but, uh, that's also cause I'll then follow that up with some huge IPA or something. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. but, 
don't know. I think uh, going in that vein, if you can find somebody that's doing a cream ale oh, nearby, okay. I think that could be a good one because that will also bring um, probably some of that kind of corn character mm-hmm. and, and that kind of thing along with it. Uh, so that could be one to try. Um, short of that, just uh, keep pushing because um, eventually, you know, your palate will adjust. You know, just like the Kolsch not being too bitter for me now. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, just keep waterboarding um, <laughs> with, uh, with some Pilsner and eventually it'll stick. So <laughs> Okay. Okay. I don't know. What, what would you say? Well, for that? I was, I mean, he tried, he also tried some Hefeweizens and there's, I mean, so, so Chase is in North Carolina and just remember, I think it was last episode or episode before last, we mentioned that uh, one of the breweries in North Dakota did that, um, uh, what was it? Now, Betty, what was a Betty beer, the Hefeweizen, the wheat beer, was it Bad Betty? Gosh, now I can't think of it, but... I'm- Red Red Betty, something like that. There was a Betty beer. Now I can't think of it because my brain is has too much alcohol in it, maybe. But uh, but he he even tried, you know, giving him a Hefeweizen, thinking that maybe that would be it. And that was again, you know, it was that was better, but it still wasn't something that he wanted to leave his Miller brands. And plus, you know, Miller's cheaper. So if you're going to pay the premium price, it's going to be something that he really enjoys. If he's going to, you know, pay more for the craft. So I think, I don't know, it might be an uphill battle. I think if people like what they like, and if he really, truly enjoys his Miller Genuine Draft and his Miller Lite and and such, then I don't know if we'll ever get him away from it because he doesn't really want to change. Yeah, or just get him some Hop Valley and say, this is Miller now. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Here's a Miller beer. (laughs) So, all right, well... Uh, Chase, sorry, um, but you know what? Uh, cream ale. I didn't think about cream ale, so I think John might be onto something. Cream ale is light enough, and you're right. It can have some of those cream ales can have that corn, that uh, cream corn or corn uh, flavor. So that might be something that you know he might like. So try a cream ale. If you want to be like Chase and Jason and Tom, and would like to contact the show with your comments or questions, you can reach us through email at tapthecraft at gmail dot com or on Twitter at TapTheCraft. And feel free to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash TapTheCraft. Now comes a time we just want to take a quick moment to thank Open Forum Radio Network for supporting our show. They provide our hosting space at openforumradio.com. And if you enjoy the content that John and I put out, then we know you will find some more great content like the following. Hey, you. Thank you so much for listening to Tap the Craft with Denny and John. Now, I know you're a crafty consumer, and if you would like to consume other great podcasts, check out OpenFormRadio.com. We house such podcasts as Opaform Radio Proper, The 40 Cast, Geeks for the Win, I Recommend, Just Press Start, The Married Gamers, Gamer Husbands Radio, The OMG Hour, Gamers Unscripted, Lost Treasures of Gaming, Primetime, My Peanut Gallery, and many, many more. And please, remember to leave these fine fellas a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this show. Again, thank you so much for listening to Tap the Craft. Now it's time for the Brew Buzz segment, and the Brew Buzz is devoted to discussing all kinds of various beer-related topics. And this week, we will discuss the Winter Seasonal Beer Style Guidelines from the Beer Judge Certification Program 2015 Style Guidelines. 
So I like that you wrote it out this time, so you didn't screw it up. Yeah, well yeah. I, I didn't want to embarrass us, you know. Again, so yeah, yeah. I did did the right thing. I wrote it out. Wait, us. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So the uh, and and this uh, the the winter seasonal beer is part is a subcategory. Well, is a subcategory. Yeah. Yeah, a subcategory of the spiced beer category. So. Yeah, and this one's new to the 2015 guidelines. So previously, if you had you know a, a winter type beer, uh, it would get pushed into like a spice or vegetable category or a specialty category or something like that, where it's up against you know all kinds of different things. Um, but uh, now they've got this this one that all these types of beers can go into. Okay, yeah, that's good. It, they kind of needed to have a winter section. So I'm glad they did. So the winter seasonal beers are beers that suggest cold weather and, of course, the Christmas holiday season. And they may include holiday spices, specialty sugars, and other products that are reminiscent of mulling spices or Christmas holiday desserts. So that's the, the general synopsis of winter seasonal beers. So the overall impression of, uh, of winter seasonal beer, it's going to be a stronger, darker spice beer that often has a rich body and a warming finish, suggesting a good accompaniment for cold winter season. So, it's going to be a big beer that uh, you know it's got a little bit of alcohol and a little bit of uh, body to it to keep you warm. Yeah, um, and I think you'll see a lot of parallels to um, the guidelines we've done in the past for like, pumpkin beers and that kind of thing, where there's a whole lot of different bases that can go with this. And then you kind of layer on, um, you know, spices or, or whatever else to, uh, to kind of bring it into that winter theme and, and feeling. So, um, but for aroma, uh, a wide range of, of aromatics is possible. Um, although many examples are reminiscent of Christmas cookies, uh, gingerbread, mm-hmm. uh, English type Christmas pudding, uh, evergreen trees or mulling spices. Hmm. Um, so it's any combination of aromatics that suggest the holiday season is welcome. Yeah. So there you go. It's, <laughs> I mean, this is wide open. As long as it smells good and what you describe it as, yeah. you know, they're going to be happy with it. Um, so base beer style often has a multi-profile um, that supports the uh, balanced presentation of the aromatics from spices and possibly other special ingredients. Uh, additional fermentables like honey, molasses, maple syrup, etc., cetera, um, may lend their own uh, unique aromatics. Uh, hop aromatics are often absent, subdued, or slightly spicy. Mm-hmm. Um, some fruit character, uh, often dried citrus peel or dried fruit, such as raisins or plums. Yeah, you get into that dark fruit yeah. territory. Yeah. Um, optional, but ex- acceptable. Um, alcohol aromatics may be found, um, but its character uh, should be restrained. And uh, overall, uh, should be bal- the aroma should be balanced and harmonious, um, often fairly complex and inviting. Yeah, so. yeah. I think I think that sums up kind of you know the aroma profile. It, you know, it's, it could be anything. I've had all kinds of different winter beers that they all take their own take on it, and. Yeah, I think that did a good job of just explaining the variety you can have. So in the appearance, though, it's going to be generally a medium amber to very dark brown. And the darker versions are more common. That's what we typically see is you'll see a lot of these darker 
uh, beers. And they're usually clear, although some of the darker versions may have, uh, you know, may be virtually opaque. There can be some chill haze, uh, but generally it has a warm formed head that is often white, off white to tan. And again, just depends on uh, the malts that they're using in there. So, yeah, and that yeah, that'll just be contingent on is this a light beer or a dark beer? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's what you get with this kind of uh, wide open category. So, um, for the flavor, uh, we're pretty much looking at the aroma, mm-hmm. except you substitute the word flavor. Yeah. Um, but yeah, many interpretations. Um, but uh, you want something that's balanced and like presents the spices that are reminiscent of the holiday season. Yeah. Um, just uh, some of the maybe unique things for flavor uh, when you get into you know the maltiness that we mentioned in the aroma, um, it's rich malty and maybe even sweet uh, malt based flavors, which could include like caramel toast. Uh, nuttiness, uh, chocolate flavors. Um, you get into that same dried fruit, especially the darker fruits, um, and then maybe some of the lighter uh, citrus, like orange or lemon peel. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is where you'll you'd probably pick up more of that uh, special fermentables, like the molasses, the honey, uh, brown sugar, that type of thing. Um, in my experience, it comes across more in the flavor. Um, usually, mm-hmm. uh, than, than the aroma. Uh, light evergreen tree character is optional. Found some examples. I mean, there, I don't know, there's quite a few winch warmers that they're made winter by the addition of spruce tips. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. Spruce um, tips. Yeah. That's their only, um, thing for that. So, uh, but, but really, uh, it goes back to the same thing. Should be, balanced um should all come together you don't want one thing to kind of dominate the beer in any way um bitterness and hop flavor generally restrained so as not to interfere with the spices and special ingredients uh generally finishes rather full and satisfying and often has some alcohol flavor uh roasted malt characteristics are rare and not usually stronger than chocolate so you won't get into that roasty uh character and definitely not into that ashiness that some stats can give yeah so. yeah <laughs> yeah so how about the mouthfeel yeah the mouthfeel again gonna have a wide range because of whatever you're gonna be using for your base base style so it, it can be lighter it could be heavier uh, the body is generally medium to full and can and a certain multi chewiness is all often present you're gonna have a moderate low to moderately high carbonation which is you know, kind of weird. Moderate, so it's gonna be moderate, either low or high. <laughs> I think. I think some of them. I, I don't know. In my, in my opinion, a lot of them are kind of on the lower end of the carbonation. But um, I guess it depends on the, what the, what they are trying to to get out. Uh, many of the examples will also will uh, will show some well aged warming alcohol content, but without being overly hot. And that I don't like. Uh, my winter warmers, I don't want. I mean, I don't mind having a little bit of heat in there just to kind of let you know that yeah, this is a, a beer. But I don't want it to be like boozy. You know, if, if it's too boozy, then it's, it's not something I can drink a lot of. And I like to drink a lot of winter warmers, so 
Hey, it's called warmer for a reason. No. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I agree with you. Yeah, so, uh, but I don't think you really want anything overly hot in any uh, beer style. I, I can't think of something where I'm like, yeah, I want that to burn. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's not not something that you look for. No, so. no, no. Uh, yeah, so some history. Uh, throughout history, beer of a somewhat higher alcohol content and richness has been enjoyed during the winter holidays uh, when old friends get together to enjoy the season. Mm-hmm. It's a very generic statement to stick in a beer style guideline. <laughs> but uh, uh, Many breweries produce unique seasonal offerings, maybe darker, stronger, spiced, or otherwise more characterful uh, than their normal beers. And uh, spice versions are an American or Belgian tradition, uh, since English or German breweries traditionally do not use spices mm. in their beer. Yeah. So, yeah, and I just had the Samuel um, Smith. Smith's uh, Winter Welcome Ale. Uh, that was my day three of the advent calendar. And, yeah, it's not um, spiced or anything. That's just dry hopped with some fuggles and goldings. <laughs> so. so they did it, they did it in, the, in the hops instead of the... The spices. So. Uh, yeah. 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 Well, that works. All right. So some characteristic ingredients that can be used in these winter warmers. Uh, generally, the ales, although some dark, strong lagers exist. So, you, I mean, I, I'm trying to think. I guess there's there was a long, there's a winter lager. Is that a Sam Adams winter lager? Yes. Yeah. So uh, there, there are some winter lagers that are, are pretty good. They're a little bit. They're darker, dark lagers, and uh, but yeah, mostly it's ales. I, I think the majority of of the uh, the beers, the winter warmer they drink are, are ales. Uh, it says spices are required and often include those evocative of the Christmas season, like allspice, nutmeg, cinnamon, cloves, and ginger. But any combination is possible, and of course, creativity is encouraged. Yeah, see, I don't know if I. Agree with that uh, completely. I mean, I guess that is a subcategory of the spice. spiced beer. Yeah, but I mean, like I said, there there are things that just use the spruce tips, yeah. and I would feel that that is perfectly acceptable in this category. So if I was judging it, I would not knock it for not having you know one of these spices. Yeah, in here. yeah. If it featured spruce tips and it came across as such, you know. Yeah, but that's just me. No, yeah, I, I I agree. I I know that in my in my book, I I kind of put them in two categories. You have winter warmers, and then you have like Christmas ales. And the winter warmers don't necessarily have to have spices in them. They just have the have some of the characteristics. And the, and the Christmas ales are the ones that I kind of uh, you know go and put in the spice category. My this is my own the way own, my own way of of dividing them, not the official way, but. So yeah, I I think for sure you can have a winter seasonal beer without spices in it. In in my opinion, yeah. But I I mean I I would consider that addition of of spruce tips to be a spice a, a spice. Yeah. Kind of. I mean, yeah. There's I mean things like celebration ale that I consider. I mean it's a I consider it a winter warmer, but it's really just an IPA. Yeah, it's an IPA, and even so, even Burr, they now are calling it a red IPA. Yep, because IPA sells more. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah <that's, laughs> but it, it really was anyway. It was, yeah. It, it was just a pine-focused IPA. Yeah, it, yeah, it always so. was. It always was. So, 
Also, some fruit peel, like oranges and lemon, may be used, as may subtle additions of other fruits. And you can have some flavorful adjuncts, such as molasses. Now, what is that? Treacle? Treacle? Treacle. Treacle. Invert sugar. So, invert is like the opposite of sugar? (laughs) (laughs) It's uh, sugar that's gone through a process with some acid and stuff that makes it shelf-stable. Like, honey is, is, is the same way. That's why honey doesn't really go bad. Okay. Um, so inverse sugar uh, is, is the same. Okay. So that's what like the the Belgian candy sugars are inverse sugars. Okay. Okay. And some brown sugars, some honey, maple syrup, etc. So those are some uh, ingredients. Yeah. So some uh, vital statistics. <laughs> These are very vague. <laughs> uh, it will vary. Um, every time I use ABV, um, the only thing is. Uh, you know, they, they do tend to be a little higher in alcohol, uh, usually above like 6%, um, and a little darker in color, you know, but there's no tried and true statistics here because everything is uh, dependent on the base beer. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Well, now we have some commercial examples. And, of course, uh, the you know, one, now they call it Anchor R Special L. Now, is that? I mean, I'm assuming that's their, that's not the Christmas New Year L, is it? Yeah, it's the same one. Okay, I thought so. But they, it's just named different. But that that's a beer that's different. I mean, they brew a little bit different every every year, so you, you, you never get the same beer from year to year. Yeah, it's a new recipe every year. Yeah. So, so you also have uh, Goose Island Christmas Ale, uh, Great Lakes Christmas Ale, Harpoon Winter Warmer, Lakefront Holiday Spice Lager Beer, and Weyerbacher Winter Ale. Those are the commercial examples that they list. Um, so there you go. That, yeah. that, that's our winter seasonal beer style guidelines. So with that being said, let's just roll right in to our beer tasting segment for this episode with the Full Sail Brewing Wassail Winter Ale. So, John, you got your beer ready? I do. All right, so we're going to pop these uh, lids. I don't know if I can get my gropener to... Man, this bottle doesn't want to stay on here. All right. Just need more, you need more practice. Yeah. I was, you know, a- after the new year, don't worry about it till then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so luckily we've had these sitting out and warming up a little bit. Just a little bit. It's not. It's still got. It's. Like, I think right now it's a perfect temperature for this. I think. I think that little uh, fifteen-minute brew buzz segment was the was good in warming our beer. So I I want to just let you know they changed up the the label for this year. I really like the label. I think they did a nice job having a bunch of wow. snowflakes and. I mean, it, it looks festive. I almost commented on that when I. Since I wasn't going to describe the beer that I was drinking when I, you know, said what I had in my glass tonight, I almost said I really like what they've done with the label. And I was like, nah, well, we might, we might go back to it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. We actually agree on that. So yeah, it looks nice. I, I mean, it, it really stands out. It looks, it looks classic and really, I don't know. I, I really like it. So, uh, I, I give them two thumbs up for that. So, the beer we're drinking we're, is called Wassel. 
and it's from Full Sail Brewing out of Hood River, Oregon. And the style is a winter warmer, or as they say here, it's a winter ale. Same same thing. And it's 7.2% alcohol by volume. And the international bittering units are 56, which is a little surprising. It's a little bit higher than I was uh, thinking they would be, but I guess it must uh, get masked by the malts that they use. And we're drinking it out of 12-ounce bottles. I don't... I, they have it on on taps. So you can get it in draft, but I don't think I've seen it in anything but 12-ounce bottles. I don't think I've ever seen a 22-ounce bottle of this beer. Yeah, I don't know that I've seen a full-sale 22-ounce except for their, like, Brewer's Reserve or whatever they have that series. The, um, yeah, there's... Yeah, they're... Um, that they have the people in-house make their own creation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember I, the name of the series now, but... Yeah, the Brewer's... Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I have like six of their bottles on my shelf right here. Uh, those were pretty good beers. There's one of them I didn't like. Oh, they did a malt liquor one too. I didn't try that one because I don't like malt liquor. But it was probably good. I should have tried it, but I never did. But that's a, that's a different story. So Full Sail <laughs> Brewing, uh, independent. I don't know if they're still independent because I think they no, voted to to get some funding or be bought out by a, a beer, not a big beer, but another beer consultation uh, it's a venture capitalist firm okay um but one that has a history of buying things up and then flipping them to other things in industry so okay that hasn't happened yet to my knowledge but um yeah, yeah. because their labels used to say uh independently owned but it no longer says that so yeah so it's, it's official but a good brewery i i like their beers i i i've heard some other podcasts uh you know kind of crap on full sale and uh, which is sad because I, think, I mean, not all their beers is like fantastic, but they make some great beers. And one we're drinking right now is one of those great beers, in my opinion. So let's get right into the into the the note segment. So uh, the color, we're going to describe the color of this beer, and I'm going to say this is a deep mahogany red color, uh, deep red, copper mm. red. What do you what do you see? I see that you're wrong. No, um, I, I don't get any red uh, really coming through in this. It's just a a deep hold, brown hold it for up, me. No, no, hold so, up, hold up to the light. It is definitely. I am. It is definitely red. If I didn't red. hold up to the light, it would come across as like just shy of black. But putting it up to the light, <laughs> I get the brown in it, but I don't get the red. Okay, so. I I'm gonna say it's a deep red, like a mahogany red. That's fine if you want to be wrong. But, and, all right. And uh, it's clear, and there's lots of bubbles. So this is a, looks like to be a pretty carbonated beer. How about you? You got bubbles? Uh, not that I can see. Okay. So, all right. How, but my eyes aren't good, so. How, yeah. <laughs> how, about, how about the head? Uh, so each time I've poured into the glass, I've had about a quarter inch of head that's gone away pretty fast. Um but I have had some lacing on the glass, mm-hmm. uh, and it's kind of a very light tan color. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Um, I poured this beer, and it immediately had about a one-finger head, and the head died down pretty quick. Right now I have a, a, a thin layer of bubbles on top, and the, the head is that's still left there is, is an off, like a, a tan, tannish color. Yeah, it, well, it kind of blends. It's kind of a blend between maybe a, a light 
uh, cappuccino to, I don't know, tan, I guess. It's tan. Off-white tan. I'd say off-white to tan. It's, yeah. it's not quite tan, but it's a little darker than off-white. Yeah. Kind of. Okay. All right. And uh, lacing, yeah. Yep. You swirl it around and it sticks to the side, so that's nice. Now let's uh, take a big whiff. Is your nose working, John? I hear you sniffling over there. A little bit. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. I'm having trouble pinpointing what I'm... Did you just take a sip? Don't just take a sip yet. I've been drinking it all night, but no, I did not just take a sip just now. Um... Um, actually, uh, when I first stuck my nose in, I took a huge whiff and I actually got a bit of a burn, um, cause I just inhaled too fast, um, with what I, what I smelled, but, uh, I get a little bit of pine, um, in there and I do get a little bit of a dark fruit character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm getting, um, but I'm having trouble pinning it to a specific uh, fruit. Yeah, me too. That's what I'm having trouble with is that I get some kind of a dark fruit and I, I'm having trouble pinpointing it. It's like you. It's it's uh, it's kind of weird. I, I want to say it's something that is like in a like in a and I haven't had Dr. Pepper or anything for since I was a kid. But it's kind of oh, man. There's 23 flavors in there. I know. Can't so dissect all that. It's one of those. It's one of those flavors. <laughs> one of those. It's one of those aromas that Dr Pepper. It's in here. Um. Yeah, but there is a little bit of a a spice to this as well. Yeah. Yeah. There is. There's a little bit Maybe of a, kind of a clove nutmeg type thing going on. Um. But I'm. I'm getting to be a little more plugged up as the show goes on, so okay. I'm not trusting my nose too much um, right now. So we're gonna say we we sense some kind of a dark fruit, maybe something, um, maybe in the dates range. I'm gonna guess. Uh, for me, I don't know. I'm just saying that I'm gonna pick dates as the dark fruit. There is a little bit of a of a spice in there, maybe a nutmeg, as John pointed out. Maybe, yeah, maybe nutmeg. And, yeah, it kind of smells a little piney. Uh, not too not too heavy, but maybe a little bit of... Uh, yeah, yeah, that might be a bit of the spice as well. Because yeah. um, it, it's faint for me. But... Okay. Well, yeah. let, let's uh, see if we can pick out some flavors with, by taking a sip. So I do get a little kind of toasty malt um, in here to go along with with the rest. Um, I don't pick up any of that dark fruit at this point. Okay, so I am... uh, You're right. There is some roast in here, a little bit of uh, roast. No, I I don't think it's roast. I think I... I, Get it as a, a toastiness, which I think is different. Okay, then toasty. So. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah, I'll agree with the toastiness, like uh, like cooked bread. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Okay. I'll I'll buy that. I'll buy that. I'm gonna say that 
there is a little bit of bitterness to it. So the IBUs do kind of come out. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the dark fruit, I think I'm going to stick with the dates. Kind of a datey thing. But let me take See, I'm not really, I'm not really getting that anymore. Um, but well, there, anyway. there is something there. I don't know. Okay, maybe there's some, some, there's some, a light bit of chocolate in this thing. Maybe, maybe there's a little bit of dark chocolate. Yes, and that's. I think that might be what I'm picking up. Yeah, I think that's, and that might be where the bitterness is coming in uh, for me too. Maybe is some of that dark chocolate uh, toastiness. <laughs> I, <laughs> I uh, yeah, it's ch- okay. So it's. I think it's chocolate. I think it's dark chocolate. Uh, some some toasted bread. Um, I don't know. It's. I, I will say this. It's easy to drink, and I think you already you've already made we already made comments about that. That that I I could sit here and drink this whole thing pretty quickly. It, it it's uh, it's easy to drink. So all right, anything else yeah. on the on the flavor the front of this uh, thing? I think we kind of spelled out enough. No, I don't have anything else to add. Okay, body wise, what do you think? I mean, I, it is a little bit of carbonation in here. I, I get a little bit of uh, I, I can feel the bu- the burps coming. I'm probably going to belch here in a minute. Yeah, I wouldn't call it high, but I'd I'd call it medium high, like mm-hmm. a four out of five on the scale. It's definitely a little bubbly. Um, but even still, it, it's uh, kind of still a medium full type body to it um, for me. Yeah, I agree. It's uh, it's medium for sure, medium, and it can it can definitely go into the into the full uh, realm. Uh, it has a decent mouthfeel. I think it, it tastes, you know, it, it, it coats the mouth a little bit, but not too much. Uh, lingers, lingers in there a little bit, but it's, again, it's, uh, not a negative. Uh, okay. Yeah. Now, how about the finish? I got to take another sip so I can get the finish. I, I, I do get some bitterness in the back of my throat that's left it there, but I don't know if you get the same thing. Yeah, I do get a hit of bitterness. Um, and then you just kind of have, or at least I ha- kind of have some of that uh, spicy, piney yeah. type character just sitting on my tongue um, afterwards. Um, so that, you know, that bigger malt that's in the flavor is kind of wiped away and it's left with that, just which is probably just accentuated by the, the bitterness in the back of the throat. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, know, you get something. No, different. no, that's yeah. I get the same thing. I get uh, yeah, some of the pininess, some of the bitterness in the back. Um, maybe some of that lingering chocolate thing. But yeah, it's I don't know. There's nothing. The bitterness in the back is about the one thing that. <clears throat> oh, sorry. See, there's carbonation. I couldn't hold it. Now it's a beer podcast. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the, the, the big thing for me is just, the the kind of bitterness in the back of my tongue and back of my throat. Uh, that's the only thing that kind of sticks around and does stick around for a little bit again. Yeah, it, it definitely lingers, but yeah. it's not off putting, which, uh, is why this 
goes down quickly. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. Okay. So yeah, I'm already, I'm, I'm halfway done with this and I'm probably going to finish it before we finish this segment, but um, I've got a third left. So how about this beer for new people to craft beer? Is this something that you, yeah, no, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, I think that this, um, yeah, I agree that this is not for new people. This is something that someone has to, uh, that someone that enjoys something a little bit different, enjoys the darker beer, uh, can handle the bit of bitterness. Um, yeah, this is not a, something that I think someone knew. They they may get that bitterness and just say, oh, this is like, you know, bad. I, I think that, you know, I was... Uh, you know, uh, Mike Mahoney, Ca- Captain Mike M from the Gamers and Beta podcast, you know, he's been taking my advice and drinking beers and trying things. He loves full sale session and he, uh, so he, he buys a lot of that. And, and, uh, this is one I, I think I'm going to have him steer a- away from because I think this might turn him off to, to full sale because he doesn't like, you know, he says he doesn't like eating things like tree bark, right? This, this might yeah, but see, I think in the same way, his uh, very amazing descriptions. I, I might just want to hear how he would describe <laughs> his beer. All right, well, maybe we'll get lucky, and he picked up. He'll pick up a six pack and and tell us on the forty cast when he's on the forty cast, and we'll find out if he likes it or not. Uh, I'll be I'll be interested to hear. So yeah, he so. has he has a way with words for for his beer. So <laughs> yeah. I. I would, Interested. All right. Um, but yeah, I, I pretty much agree. And but I think that there is potential within this category to find something that you could potentially use as a bridge. Um, partly because it's one of those things that you can have that might, uh, I guess, for lack of a better way to phrase it, uh, kind of cover up the beeriness or the bitterness of something by distracting True. With yeah. a spice or something yeah. that can pull out a nice memory. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's going to be something that's more focused on the spices than this beer is. Um, you know, which I don't know that this even has spices in it. Um, but you know, something that really pulls out the, you know, the, the molasses or the, the nutmeg or something like that. Uh, that kind of triggers a memory to go along with it. Uh, you might have a shot with with somebody new. Yeah. But. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So how about glassware? What do you think? Does it really matter? Oh, Willie Becker would be good. <laughs> yeah. The standby. The standby <laughs> Willie Becker. Um, I don't know. Uh, a glass would be fine. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't know if there's anything in particular that uh, requires being accentuated. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I'll throw in the plug for the Willie Becker just because I think it's a great all-around glass. Yeah, so. no, it's a it's a good glass. I think that uh, I mean I'm drinking it tonight just because I'm lazy. I'm just drinking it out of a shaker pint. I wonder if I would have had a glass that did kind of glow back, you know, come back into itself. If I would be able to pick up more of the aromas, honestly, the aromas were very difficult because. There was no head left, and it was just kind of escaping out of that big, wide-open mouth. So maybe I'll try this beer in a snifter glass or a tulip and see if I can you know, pick out some additional aromas that I missed on this uh, tasting. So I would say that uh, 
drink it in whatever glass you have, but maybe if you have a Willie Becker or a Tulip or a Snifter, try it in that and see if it, you know, makes any difference. But it doesn't matter. It tastes great in whatever glass you have it in. Just drink it out of a glass because you want to make sure that, I, I don't know, I never drank this beer out of the bottle and it may taste totally different if you don't have your nose in it. So, yeah. But I, I mean, I think the uh, if you if you have one of those specialty glasses, just throw stuff in there, see what happens. Yeah, you yeah. Um, you might be surprised. So yeah, there there was a beer that I I drank in a in a snifter or tulip that uh, shocked me when I that I never I drank this beer a ton of times, and because I already had a snifter out for another beer again because I'm lazy, I was just pouring this other beer that didn't need to be in a snifter into it, and I was surprised that at what I got out of it. So yeah, it's good to just try all kinds of beers in, in a snifter or tulip glass and see what, what happens. Try your fancy glasses. Yeah. All right. So now it's time to rate the beer. So John, uh, I'll just tell you my rating. I, this is a recommended beer. This is a daily drinker worthy beer for me. Now I can't drink it every day because it only comes out in wintertime, but in wintertime, this is a beer that I would go and I drink two or three a night, and no problem. So that's why I say it's daily drinker worthy. What about you, John? Um, I'm honestly kind of surprised about that, as uh, I would put this in the memorable category. Ooh. Um, I would tell people to go try this. So, uh, you know, this is actually one that I actually do try to pick up every year. I know you're done for your your jubilee and burr and, and stuff like that um i don't always pick those up mm-hmm. even though i i do like them but this is one i actually do t- we do end up with a six pack or two in the house um each season yeah um whether or not that's because it's something that kristen recognizes and so she picks it up uh i, I don't know um <laughs> she but, likes the artwork but you know um i, I do enjoy this one so uh yeah okay right. i'm changing my rating to memorable I thought you were going to go highly recommended just to one-up me. No, no. <laughs> you're right. Um, this beer, this wassail this year, is is my favorite winter warmer of 2016. Um, I, I don't. I love Jubilee. I've drank nearly two cases of it already. I've already drank, you know, oh, I just burped again. I already drank um, a couple six-packs of this wassail, and I'm going to get another six-pack this week because I want to make sure I get more. And I'll tell you what the, Man. the was- So if this year's wassail was in the cases at Costco, you'd be in trouble. Yeah. That's what you're telling us. Yeah. If, if, a- if full sale had a deal with Costco, I would be buying a couple of cases of this beer. Cause this, this one is my favorite one this year. And in the past it's either been Burr or, or, uh, uh, uh Jubilee and, I don't know. This year, the wassail just hit my fancy, and I just fell in love with it. I mean, I I literally, I think the first six pack I drank all in one night. I mean, it went down so fast, and it's not, you know, it's it's not a light beer, right? I mean, this thing is seven point two percent alcohol, and you drink a six pack, you're, I mean, you're gonna feel it. So so you're right. I should have done memorable, and you know, for for two thousand seventeen. I'm going to change up our rating scale again because it's too damn confusing. <laughs> yeah, but I would take your recommendation on on this, you know, as a winter warmer with 
a, a lot of weight because you are you're kind of a winter warmer mm-hmm. connoisseur. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's true. I love my winter warmers. It's my I mean it's gotta be it's my favorite time of the year. I just love these things. Okay, so I did a little research and to try to figure out what malts and hops they have, and they it was pretty vague. They didn't come out and just tell us what they use. They said for malts, a range of caramel and dark chocolate malts. There you go. A range. Okay. Yeah, and you get that range, that might be where we're picking up some of that darker fruit. Yeah. As you get in some of those darker caramels, um, you'll get that. And yeah. depending on what the uh, chocolate malts are, that's where we can get some of that toast and chocolate yeah. without getting the, the real roastiness. Yeah. So Okay. It depends. Yeah. And and for the hops, doesn't surprise us. It's going to be a blend of Pacific Northwest hops. They don't say which ones, just a blend of all of them. So there we go. We've got some pine in there, I'm sure. Yeah, definitely. Now, here's where it got interesting. They did have a number of food pairings that this beer goes well with. So as I mentioned these, John, you, let me know whether you agree or disagree or if you've tried it or you will, will try it. So they say red meat. This goes well with red meat, and such as steaks, prime rib, beef wellington, and burgers. Yeah? What do you think? Uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, maybe it goes good. Okay. It also says other meats to include ribs, brats, roasted turkey or chicken, pork tenderloin, venison, and lamb. Now, So all the other meats... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know why they didn't just lead with meat. Maybe. Um I don't know that I would agree with ribs. Yeah. Um brats I'm good with. Uh roasted turkey or chicken. Yeah, you can dress that up any way you want it to yeah. kind of go along. Um pork tenderloin, kind of the same way. It can kind of be a canvas um for what you want to do. Uh, these last couple, I don't know. Venison and lamb. Um, I'm not sure. I, I haven't had a whole lot of venison in my life, so I can't really speak to that one. Um, so, okay. So venison just comes up on how you dress it up too. So normally we just put pepper, a little bit of salt, and we just put uh, cracked pepper on our venison when we, we cook it up. And so this would go well with that type of, of uh, cook, cooking, we need a little pepper in there. I think this would be good. Yeah, I, I suppose as long as it's not doesn't come across too gamey, like yeah, some. I mean, if it's a really gamey cut, then probably not. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, I, I'm gonna say of of all the meats that they listed, the two two stand out to me to be perfect for this beer. And one is the pork tenderloin. I think this beer with the pork tenderloin uh, is perfect. I think it go, would go really well. Now, maybe that's the way we cook it, like you said, however you dress it up. Um, but, yeah, when I think of when we make our pork tenderloin, I think this beer would go well with it. And so also, how, do you, how do you dress it then if you think it's perfect? I don't know. Sarah does it. <laughs> I don't know. She, it just tastes good. Yeah, she, so she, um, she'll usually pan pan fry it with a little bit of oil uh salt pepper it and just you know um again it's with you know pepper i think pepper is is is, is this All right, so really you're, you're just letting the meat 
kind of comes the meat, through. You're not the doing... meat, yeah, the meat, it, the meat comes through. We're not putting. We do use a little bit of gravy and mashed potatoes, and you know, but it's mostly just the pork tenderloin is just uh, pan fried with a little pepper. And yeah, see the way the way we do pork tenderloin most often would not be great necessarily with this beer, which is a coffee rub on oh. it on the grill with like a peach um, kind of jelly sauce. Okay, so. okay. So you know, a lot of times uh, apple uh, garnishing and applesauce and stuff goes with pork. Also, I don't know. I think apples would be okay with with this beer, but. Peach maybe not, but apples I think are okay. Uh, I don't know. And the other one, the other meat that um, I think would go well with it is lamb. And the only way we eat lamb is if we do a rotisserie, and it just kind of traps in all the all the grease and stuff in it. And uh, and it's that's just uh, I can't remember what we do to. We don't have lamb very often, but when we've done it, there is some. Uh, uh, brine that you put it in, and I don't remember what it, it consists of. So maybe that's the the reason. But I think those two go really well with this. I think it'd be, you know, a good a good match. I think um, if you had garnish with pears too, I think like, uh, um, you know, pears, pear uh, halves or whatever. I think it, I don't know. I, I would say that would go well. Uh, okay. Next next subject is uh, pepper crusted ahi tuna oyster salmon chowder. So they're still in meat, really. Yeah, so. I, I don't honestly. <laughs> I I wouldn't. I don't. I don't. I wouldn't necessarily pick this beer for those. But what do you think? Um, I could see it with a chowder, um, perhaps. But I, I don't know if I'd go with the the tuna or the oysters. Yeah, I mean, again, he said pepper crusted, which I agree. Pepper, I think pepper with this beer is is a key. Well, you, yeah, uh, you you kind of play into the yeah. bit of that spicy kind of thing you get off of it. But, yeah. Um, but you also run the risk if you do that too much that it becomes overbearing. True. So true. How about garlic mashed potatoes, stuffed mushrooms, or walla walla sweet onions? I'm I'm game for all those. Okay. Yeah. I, I I think stuffed mushrooms for sure. Um. And garlic, yeah, garlic mashed potatoes. I think, yeah, I think all of them. I, I haven't had a Walla Walla sweet onion in a long time, but I used to eat those just like an apple. I mean, they were they're pretty tasty. Yeah, I mean, I think this just would complement the earthiness that you'd mm-hmm. get from a lot of that stuff. So. Yeah. Okay. How about some toasted walnuts, spicy roasted almonds, and pecans served with baked brie? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes, I would do that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and then the last one. Mincemeat pie, gingerbread, pumpkin ice cream, or over vanilla ice cream? Uh, I would do the mincemeat pie, probably, but not... And maybe the gingerbread, but not the uh, ice creams, I don't think. Yeah, I think the gingerbread... Um, and now that they... Now that that is... I, I just kind of read that. Maybe that's kind of the spiciness we're getting in there. It's like a gingerbread spice. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It is. It's interesting. Now, I have never tried this beer with ice cream, but I think that I would try it with a pumpkin ice cream. So I might do that next year. I have to save. I have to find some pumpkin ice cream somewhere and then yeah, get, grab this beer because I don't think I can find it now. No. Yeah, but I see. I, 
Um, when I go for that kind of pairing, I, you know, the, the kind of chocolate character that we mentioned is not strong enough for me to want to cater to that pairing. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I go ice cream, I'm usually looking at something that is bringing out more of those uh, darker flavors or, you know, is a something with some fruit or um, something that's more uh, deliberately spiced, um, not kind of that generic, which I think is just hoppy spiciness in this. I don't know if there's really any spices yeah. in this beer. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. Um, so I don't know that I would take this for an ice cream pairing. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. Well, with that being said, we can't really say for sure without trying. So I, well, I will, I will try. Be yes. the <laughs> so. I'll try it. I'm willing to try it. If they say it goes well, then I have to. I have to believe that someone's actually had it and enjoyed it. So maybe I'll enjoy it too. Maybe. Okay. Well, hey, that is our tasting segment, and I hope you guys all enjoyed it and grabbed this beer and uh, let us know. If you enjoy this beer as much as John and I do. And now it's time to go into a, we'll do a quick article on, uh, from the craftbeer.com website. And it's called Big Beers to Keep You Cozy This Winter. I thought this was a perfect article. It talks about a number of beers. We'll just briefly, you know, highlight a few of them, maybe all of them, I don't know, and just kind of uh, give you guys uh, some ideas in your area of the country of what you can pick up. And try this winter as a nice cozy beer for wintertime. We've already talked about winter warmers. These aren't all winter warmers. These are a variety of styles. But they are ones that are going to be a little bit higher in alcohol and give you that little warmer up, little pick-me-up. These probably should be drank in uh, snifter glasses because they're going to be a little bit heavier and probably have some aromas and stuff that you want to be able to capture and, and, and enjoy. So the first one they mentioned is called Adam Man from Pikes Peak Brewing. And Pikes Peak is out of Monument. Man, I, I'm starting to slur my words, but it's Monument, Colorado. It's 8.3 ABV. And this is a winter seasonal made with honey, cinnamon, orange peel, and ginger. And is a tribute to the annual New Year's Eve climb that they do on this, on this uh, Pikes Peak uh, mountain, I guess. So, have you ever heard of uh, this beer, Adam, Adam Man oh. Holiday? Era? No. Nope. All right, but are you? I'm kind of curious to try it. It's it's got some honey, yeah. cinnamon, orange peel, and ginger. I I, I can actually dig all those flavors, and uh, 8.3. That's going to keep me warm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, next one is from River Horse uh, Brewing Company in Ewing, New Jersey. Never heard of them. They're uh, Belgian Freeze. Um, and this is a Belgian-style ale uh, made with a variety of malts, uh, lending notes of raisin and caramel, combined with a Trappist yeast. Oh. Provide a malty yet spicy remedy that will warm you from the inside. So I've had uh, some River Horse on my last trip out uh, to New Jersey. Okay. But not this one. Oh. I was there in the summer. Oh, so. <laughs> yeah. So this this is one I would definitely try if I could get. I, I it it sounds, fan, it sounds like something that's right in my wheelhouse, and I could use a nice eight percent Belgian ale with some raisin and caramel. So that's good. Yeah. So 
I'll have to try that one if I'm in that area in wintertime next year. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, John, this next one is a brewery you visited, I think, right? Wolf's Ridge Brewing. Didn't you talk about this a few episodes ago? Yeah. Is that when I was last in Ohio? Yeah. So this is from Columbus, Ohio. It's a brewery, Wolf Ridge Brewing, and this is their Dire Wolf. And this is a Russian Imperial Stout, 10.3% ABV. And uh, they say it's uh, Wolf Ridge releases special variants of this award-winning Dire Wolf throughout the year. So you can get it throughout the year, including this bold winter seasonal, which blends the flavors of dark chocolates, espresso, caramel, bread, and oats. So, John, uh, if, if you're heading to Ohio this uh, holiday season, maybe you got to stop back at, dire, uh, at Wolf's Ridge and try this Dire Wolf. Well, I had it this summer. Oh. I had their uh, coffee vanilla version, and it was uh, awesome. So, yeah, this one I can, I can say, yes, go get it. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Um, so, yeah, next is uh, from Double Barley Brewing, Smithfield, North Carolina, and that's the F. Holiday Ale. Um, <laughs> uh, tri- triple F Holiday Ale. Uh, it's built in strong with a blend of spices and vanilla extract. Yeah. So, I, 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 I can do that too. Yeah. I mean, so far, all these beers that we've we've actually mentioned, I would love to try. But yeah. So, so I need to have our buddy Chase Langdon. He lives in North Carolina. Maybe he can uh, grab a bottle of this for us, this Double Barley Brewing. F Holiday L. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right, the next one they mention is from Full Cell Brewing. We just talked about Full Cell, and this is their Bourbon Imperial Stout. And again, Full Cell is out of Hood River, Oregon. And I actually ha- I've had this a few times, and I have uh, last year's version that I've been aging uh, because I just, it, I don't know, I I don't like to drink bourbon barrel stuff fresh. I like to drink it a year old because it's too strong for me. So, um, what? And this says that. Uh, let's see. Full sale says this season's bourbon barrel aged imperial style is a deep and complex brew that is black as night with a strong roasted malt, ter- malt character and full body. The beer was originally brewed. In November of 2015, then aged in wild turkey bourbon casks straight out of Kentucky. Wow. So they're not going cheap on their barrels. They got wild turkey. So, yeah. So I'll be drinking this beer in uh, Christmas time. Uh, I'm off for almost two weeks, and I plan on drinking the rest of my big beers during that time. And this is one I'll I'll be enjoying from last year. Yeah, just don't bother checking those in. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not, not worth it. Okay. Um, so next is the Georgia Porter Authority um, from Eagle Creek Brewing Company in Statesboro, Georgia. Hmm. Rich full-body double porter, the aroma of spicy rye malt, chocolate, and burnt sugar. Oh. Even more chocolate in the flavor as the alcohol burn warms you up. Wow. So. Okay. All right. Yeah. I can do that too, double porter. I, yep. I always get confused when I see double porter imperial porter because isn't a stout just that what that is so why no. would well, what do you mean no no um, a stout is more focused on that roast character than a porter a porter would be softer with more of the chocolate um, and a stout is more of the roast 
So stout will include more of those harsher, uh, so to speak, um, darker grains. Okay. All right. Well, then it's, I- a, it's a fine line, and and a lot of breweries blur it uh, tremendously. So okay. Okay. All right. Now we have a brewery out of Cincinnati, Ohio. So our buddy devious Mister Matt. Let us know if you've tried this beer or this brewery. It's from 50 West Brewing Company. It's called the Ghost of, I don't know, Emogene. Is that sure. does that mean something to you, Emogene? No? Uh, it explains it um, in the description. Okay. It's 9%, and uh, it says, A hauntingly delicious Russian imperial stout named after Emogene Remus, who was murdered by her... Notorious bootlegger husband, George Remus, in Cincinnati's Eden Park. Okay. It says it's a rich, thick-bodied, malty blend of dark chocolate and burnt sugar flavors. has tons of roast and a notable alcohol warmth that is good enough to raise the dead. Wow. Matt, go try this beer and let me know how it is, okay? All right. Uh, And then from Nantahala... Brewing in Bryson City, North Carolina, the Judicola, um, which is a Russian imperial stout, uh, brewed with a hefty amount of dark specialty malts, local wildflower honey, and sorghum syrup, uh, blending the flavor of the Great Smoky Mountains with those of the traditional Russian imperial stout. Wow. Wow. I, um, wow. I'm not a big sorghum fan, so I might have to pass on that one. That's probably the only one I'm, I've, I've passed on so far. <laughs> Yeah, I guess they would depend on the ratio. Okay. You know, if it's just kind of thrown in there so they can say it's in there or, you know. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, well, hey, it's on a list, so it's got to be good. I just uh, I'm willing to be uh I'm willing to be proven wrong. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Okay. All right. The next one is from Helio Basin Brewing out of Phoenix, Arizona. It's the Kohai Coffee Stout, 10%. And it says uh, the Helio yeah. Basin's Big Coffee Imperial Stout brings rich cocoa and coffee from aroma to flavor. I'm in. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love coffee stouts, and uh, that, that sounds good. Yeah. Uh, so next uh, from Boulder Beer Company in uh, Boulder, Colorado. Later, dude. Later, dude. Um, <laughs> <laughs> barrel-aged wheat wine ale. Oh, I, lo- um, I love wheat wine. So the large portion of wheat in the mash provides a soft, round mouthfeel complemented by notes of vanilla, raisin, and toffee. Mm. Aging it in first-use whiskey barrels from Breckenridge Distillery. Oh, man. Mm. I need that beer. I'm in. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I I love – that's one style of beer that doesn't get done enough is wheat wine. And I've only had a few. And Full Cell did a wheat wine that was fantastic. Yeah. And I just want – I want more breweries to – to do this style because I think it's a really good beer, but nobody does it. But later, dude, I want that. I want that. All right. Okay, John, how about Lower the Boom, the 21st Amendment Brewery out of San Leandro, California, 11.5% ABV. It's a big, giant American-style barley wine packed with citrusy Pacific Northwest hops. Um, have you had this before? Yep. Is it any good? I, I have not had it. I don't think I've had it. I've seen it, but I haven't bought it because it was always really expensive for a small can. So I, I, I never bought it, but is it, is it, is it good? 
Yeah, that's the thing. It you, it does uh, stand out to you a bit because it is in like a an eight ounce, yeah, eight ounce can, something like that. Um, yeah, uh, it's uh, not bad. The one that <laughs> I, I I think I've only had it once. That was like three years ago, um, and I I didn't rate it super highly. I get like three and a half, I think. Okay. Um. So it's not something worth avoiding, um, but uh, I, I'd be willing to because I think that was the first run they did in, in these cans. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd be willing to see if it, uh, you know, maybe it's improved and you know, as they kind of figure it out. Okay, I, perhaps I, I like the but, si- I like the eight ounce size because I think eight ounces of barley wine is actually just enough. <laughs> For some barley wines, if I, you know, if I if I drink it too soon and it's a little bit harsher than I was expecting, then eight ounces I can drink. I don't want to drink twenty two ounces necessarily. And you know, a lot of these barley wines are in twenty two ounce bottles, so you got a lot of drinking to do. Yeah, it depends on what your goal for the night is. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but so the uh, next one right here in Seattle, Washington, uh, from Pike, their uh, old acquaintance. Hmm. Um. It's, uh describes a gutsy winter warmer, a uh, dark, toasty brown ale infused with spices and aromatic notes of orange. Wow. So. I love a good brown ale. Put, throw a little orange in there and make it like a clove. Did it say clove, too, or no clove? It didn't say clove. It'd be great no. if it was clove and orange on a brown. I think that'd it, be good. It did say just uh, generic spices. So. Okay. Okay. So have you had that one, John? Yes. And um, do you approve? Yeah, okay. I do. Okay, I think that one was in the four range for me. So, oh, okay. So I need to, okay, I need to visit you during uh, Christmas time so I can get that beer because we go to Pikes every time we come to visit you. We go to Pikes, and so okay, next Christmas yep. I'll do it. Definitely, definitely available. So. Okay. All right. The next one is from Bonfire Brewing out of Eagle, Colorado. It's called the Roundabout. And this is an Imperial Red Ale fan. You know, I love Red Ales, and Imperial Red Ales are even better. So that sounds good to me. It says uh, this is a bold roasted flavor, which is rounded out with a touch of caramel malt sweetness. And the beer gets its name after a series of lengthy projects that added five new roundabouts to the city. Hey, (laughs) I can appreciate that. (laughs) All right, yeah. This is a beer I... I definitely do. I, I don't think there's been an Imperial Red I haven't enjoyed. I think, I think I'd like my Reds big. So Imperial Reds are even better. There you go. Um, so next is uh, a beer that falls in that IPA winter warmer category, and that's the Snag and Drop at nine and a half percent from uh, Cape May Brewing Company in Cape May, New Jersey. Uh, it says this isn't your average winter warmer. Uh, it's a dank and bitter hop bomb on your tongue with a blend of Cascade, Centennial, Amarillo, Simcoe, and Apollo hops. Mm. Wow. So, That's a lot of hops. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it is. Yeah. I'd I, I try it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I could say that about everything on this list. I would try everything on this list. So Yeah. I, I think I'd actually enjoy this one. But, you know, I do... I, there's a place for winter warmers that are IPAs like Celebration L and even Burr, but um, 
I don't know. It's just an IPA, so it's but it's an IPA at nine point five percent. So that, I mean that that's why it's in the winter warmer. It's going to give you that heat that you need to keep warm. So, all right, here's one that is uh, that I, I should. I mean, I'm guessing it should be available to me because it's from Mother Earth Brewing from Kingston, North Carolina. But Mother Earth Brewing also just opened a brewery here in in idaho right down the street from us and maybe they'll be able to get this too here it's called the silent night and it's nine percent it's uh what's the style here it's a barrel aged imperial stout so it's a coffee blend from durham's counterculture coffee the beer has a rich coffee taste infused with a hint of molasses and is aged in Mother Earth's own whiskey barrels for three months, released just as the seasons change in Eastern Carolina. So I don't know. That, that's uh, maybe I'm good at here because we don't have uh, all that. We don't have their own whiskey barrels or their coffee, but I don't know. Maybe they'll ship some out to us. Mother yeah. Earth is actually pretty good. I've had a number of their beers, and they make solid beer. And they're they're really expanding quite a bit. Yeah. So uh, next from Smiley Brothers Brewing in Evanston, Illinois, this is their Belgian Strong at eleven percent. Wow. Um, this, is, this year's version incorporates wild rice, which adds a grassy nuttiness to the malt complexity. <laughs> um, but they do age uh, some of this in bourbon barrels. Uh, and they, they add things in, like dried cherries, blueberries, and, and, and the like. So. Now, that sounds interesting. I, I kind of, that sounds interesting. But the wild rice aspect, I don't know about that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I want the wild rice grassy and nuttiness uh, to it. But, hey, yeah. I'll try it. Well, um, I can see the nuttiness coming through. I, I wouldn't want the gra- a grassy note in my Belgian yeah. strong, yeah. probably. But in a... I mean, this looks like a darker beer based on the photo. So probably, you know, leaning into that Belgian dark. So that nuttiness could be welcome. Yeah, yeah. And this is a beer, this is a brewery in Illinois. So this is one that I I never heard of. You heard of Smiley before, Smiley Brothers? No. Okay. All right. Well, here's a brewery we have heard of. It's Left Hand Brewing Company out of Longmont, Colorado. This is a Smoke Jumper, 88 ABV Imperial Porter, smoked Imperial Porter, pours brown into a glass, leaving lingering smokiness around flavors of molasses, toasted malt, and earthy hoppiness. All right. So uh, I, I have you had this one? I haven't had this one. We do get left hand here in, in the Boise area, but I haven't had this one. Yeah, we get left hand as well, but I, I haven't had this beer. Okay. So... Uh, another one from uh, my neck of the woods is uh, another wheat wine. Wow. Uh, wheat wine 101 from Postdoc Brewing in Redmond, Washington. Um, I have not had this beer, um, but it's uh, made with a generous amount of wheat, which translates into sweet, bready, and a honey-like flavors in this potent, strong ale. Um, wow. Okay. John, for Christmas, I want this beer. So... <laughs> <laughs> you can get it. It's in Redmond. It's right near where you're at. You and I, t- I tell you what, they do some really good stuff. Um, so the uh, the 
guy that founded it, um, Tom Schmidlin, uh, is known around the area as a beer judge and excellent home brewer. And then he picked up a gig somewhere else and then started his own place. So, um, but yeah, they, they do some, some great stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a wheat wine. I need, I need some more wheat wine. So, yeah, but they don't package. So I'd have to get something filled there and oh, get it your way. So no. um, at least I'm, I don't recall ever seeing anything of theirs in packaging. Okay. So maybe they do some one-offs at the brewery or something. Okay. All right. Well, maybe you can get a crowler. Yeah, maybe. They do crowlers? <laughs> I don't know. I could drink 32 ounces at 9% beer. I could do it. Yeah, I've actually never been there, um, but I've had a bunch of their beers that people have brought or um, that they've been to an event. So Yeah, I I mean, I've had uh, postdoc at both of the pumpkin beer festivals and i had a beer they did at the collaboration beer festival too so yeah yeah they do pretty good stuff all right here's a a brewery out of chandler arizona called santan brewing i know they won some great american beer festival awards uh last couple years this is called the santan winter warmer it's 9.5 percent and it says it's a holiday spice beer full of ginger and roasted malts. There we go. Yeah. I'll, I'll try it. Yep. All right. The last, um, the last one, John. Let's finish this Finally. Yeah. Finally. Uh, from Fiction Beer Company. This one's not even real. <laughs> it's um, fiction. At a Denver, Colorado. That's Wintry Emblem. 8.8%. Uh, it's their Oak Age Winter Spice Ale. Full of cinnamon, allspice, crystallized ginger, vanilla, and clove. Oh wow! So there's a lot going on in there. There's a there is a lot going on, and I don't know if I'd like it, but I'd try it. <laughs> <laughs> and and I kind of like their beer label. It's literally like a, a fiction novel, kind of uh, you know something you see in a in a you know in a female book. <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of girly, but I like it. Yeah. It's kind of, I mean, it's kind of unique. It's kind of like, like our full sale wassail label. It's, it's unique and, and very, uh, intricate and nice. Okay. All right. Well, that is our article for this week. We, you know what? We have given you a long show, a two hour show. You guys, deserve something from us and we did it two hours and if you made it through the end we thank you but now it is time to bring this show to a close so john before we close down for the night who do you want to give a toast to yeah so it is advent calendar season so i got i gotta give a a toast to my wife uh kristen for putting together the advent calendar and she said she thinks she uh, has done a good job of finding things i haven't had before oh good so, and like I mentioned, I've got uh, three of four unique check-ins out of the first four days. So, um, so far, she's on a good good pace. She's a good but, wife. Uh, yeah, she takes care of me. Yeah, my, my boys uh, helped um, decorate the bags um, back to uh, being in uh, like a paper bag. Mm-hmm. Last year, I had to make my own advent calendar box. <laughs> um, this year... Uh, I was busy, so they they decorated bags. So kids drew on them and and stuff, and put stickers all over them. And, uh, 
Charlie's really proud of them. He has he's actually had his picture taken with each of the beers each day. Oh. He's like, yeah, take my picture with the beer because he sees me <laughs> taking a picture to post it. He's like, take my picture too. So um, he's he's really proud of it. Uh, but then the other uh, uh, toast that I'll, I'll do is for for Tim Price uh, getting into the you know brewing beer. Hope you enjoy it and hope you uh, you know em- embark more. So I love. Love seeing more people brew, and eventually we'll we'll break down Denny. So yes, I, one day, one day, I, I need to have a lot of extra. I gotta have no kids in college and no medical bills, and then I will have money to go because I I can't go into home brewing just like everyone else does. Just get a kettle and put on my stove. I need to build a system like you, John. I gotta go all in when I start this brewing thing because I can't. Once I brewed on your system, I can't go cheap. I gotta go. <laughs> All in. So basically, you you're wanting to set something up with enough uh, enough automation that you can drink during the day, but not so much that you still feel like you're brewing. Yeah, yeah. I I, I just I like the fact that you set a temperature and it maintains it. Right. I don't have to sit there with a thermometer in my kettle and hope I'm maintaining what I need to ma- maintain. So that's and I don't want, I don't want to have to have a you know an orange igloo cooler for my mash tun. I want to have a official mash tun like you with pumps and all that fancy stuff and control box, a cool control box. So. I, I use the, uh, the igloo cooler. It works well. <laughs> uh. All right. Well, Hey, I'm, I'm proud of you, Tim, for jumping into the crap to the homebrew. And I hope your beer turns out great and you get hooked and you start homebrewing like a m- mad fiend. Cause that's a good thing. Yeah. All right, I want to raise my glass to Mr. Chase Langdon. Thank you for uh, keeping me company while I play some video games and talking beer, talking music, talking life. Uh, And, hey, it's been great. Just want to raise my glass to you and also to Tuck, uh, the guy who works at Payette Brewing, who, uh, out of his own kindness, saw us up there uh, drinking beer and decided that he was going to, you know, give us a, a, a tour of the brewery. And he did a fantastic job, and I just want to raise my glass to you, Tuck. Thank you. And, of course, I I wouldn't – I got to thank all of our servicemen and women out there, especially now it's in the holiday season. They're, most most of them are not going to be home for the holidays. They're going to be, I've been there before when I was, you know, out to sea uh, during the holiday seasons. Uh, it's pretty lonely. So I know how you feel. I just want to raise my glass to all the servicemen and women out there protecting our freedoms. Uh, thank you for all you do, and uh, I hope you can return to your family soon. And you can find the beers and links to the articles mentioned on the show in the show notes located on the show post at openforumradio.com. And if you would like to follow us on social media, I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and untapped at Screw. And John, how can our listeners follow you? On Twitter at Prime Brewing on tap Prime WA and due to Denny guilting me, I've actually uh, been starting to put some thoughts together for new stuff over at homebrewengineer.com. All right, excellent. I can't. But nothing there yet, so don't don't go running. Okay. I can, okay. I can sense everybody moving to their keyboards. Yes. Yes. Hold off. <laughs> yeah, the link is live. Just go click it. You can. Uh, you'll get there. Just John. If you come, John will put out content. Wasn't yeah, it, wasn't, something like that. Yeah. Oh no! If you build it, they'll come. If, yeah. If I type it, <laughs> uh, a couple people trickle in, and <laughs> okay. Uh, 
All right. Well, hey, it is last call. It's time to bring our show to a close. We want to thank you for downloading and listening to the show. We ask you to please tell a friend and, of course, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, or however you listen to your podcast. And remember, we release a new show every two weeks. Now go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers. Cheers.